Hello and welcome to OU's Nach Yomi. You can find this year posted at ouradio.org/nach or on my website, ericlevy.com, under the recording section. Hi, this is Rabbi Eric Levy, and I am pleased to bring to you chapter 19 of the book of Eov, the book of Job. Vayan Eov Vayomar. After Bildad's last speech, in which he lovingly detailed the misery that will come upon the wicked, and Eov as a representative of the wicked, uh, Eov will respond and say as follows. And I'll go through the structure first before actually reading the verses. Uh, from verse 2 to 5, Eov will again criticize them for castigating and vilifying him rather than comforting him, which is supposed to be their job. From verses, verses 6 through 12, Eov agrees with Bildad that he is surrounded by traps, but asserts that they are set by God, not by himself, nor through his own actions. In verse 13 through verse 20, Eov agrees that he has been abandoned by his family, his friends, his wife, but it's because they have been chosen to abandon him, not because he caused his own abandonment. Eov then ends the chapter off by turning back to his companions and accusing them of of being sinful in their treatment of him because and because of their failure he begs that his story should be carved into the ages so that someday somewhere someone will find he'll find someone with a sympathetic ear and he'll find someone to help him uh, redeem him from his from his troubles. Ad ana nafshi. Until when will my soul suffer, and until when will you crush me with words? This is now the tenth time, or in ten times, you have shamed me, you have brought me shame. Are you not ashamed that you have alienated me? There have, in fact, been ten back and forths between Eov and his friends, six in the first go-around, three friends, three responses, and four up to now. But Eov may just mean the number ten as a lot. That's the general meaning of that number when it's used in Tanakh. Uh, it describes a certain permanence, something that happens often until it sets up a consistency. The word takiru comes to the word nechar, a stranger, uh, and the hey pops in every now and then in uh, in Hebrew words that are Amar- uh, are Aramicized, as they are here, when Hebrew and, and Aramit, uh, Aramaic, kind of uh, merge into each other. Even if I did err, which Eov has stated clearly that is not the case, but even if I did err, within me lies my error. Um, again, I think that Eov is not castigating them so much for saying that God is always just and Eov must have been a sinner, but that whether he sinned or not has nothing to do with anything because their role as comforters should be to comfort and not to shame and scorn and vilify him. Uh, so what they're doing essentially is wrong regardless of whether he's sin or not. However, if you must set yourselves up over me as superior to me and rebuke me with my shame, meaning we shouldn't even be having this conversation about what is right and not right and what is just and unjust. But since you can't seem to help yourself and you seem to be, feel the need to patronize me, to lord over me, to feel superior to me, so let me tell you exactly where it's at. Know therefore that God has sent me astray, and it is his traps that surround me. Behold, I yell foul, or I yell sin, but I don't get a hearing. I pray, but there is no justice, meaning I don't get my day in court. As I mentioned before, the word ana, or e'ane, in the hifil here, in the, not the hifil, in the um, nifal, the passive, 
uh, is in the legal sense of making a claim in court or answering one's uh, making a response in court. As it says in the Ten Commandments, Lo eid shav, or eid shaker, don't make a false cl- claim, i.e. in court, against your fellow. So Eov is asserting, it's not me who deviated from the norm, like you're saying, it's God who deviated from the norm, and not only that, but I can't get him to show up and fix it. He fenced in my way so that I can't get out. He places darkness on all my paths. And this is his second assertion. That is the traps that you, Bildad, spoke about, that I set for myself, that the evil person sets for himself. It's not true. God set them. I didn't do it. He has stripped me from my honor, or my wealth, kvodi could be honor, wealth, uh, uh, status, and he has removed my crown from my head. He breaks down everything around me and I must go, I must walk. And this is interesting, it's beautifully the exact opposite of the image from two verses ago. Two verses ago, Eov said he wanted a cross, he wanted to la'avor, but God put up a fence, a negative fence to keep him sort of uh, all bound up. And all of the good boundaries that a person sets up for themselves, his walls, his house, his family, his structure, God destroyed all of those good things and sent him walking. So it's it's amazing that we have like a mirror image, but both come out to be negative. Although in one case, man builds and God destroys. And in another case, man wants to build, uh, wants to go somewhere and man builds up walls to prevent him from going somewhere. Anyway, continue on with the verse, Vayisa ka'et tikvati, and he uprooted my hope like a tree. Now we've seen the tree metaphor quite a bit and first it was used sort of positively since a tree can be replanted but recently as we've seen it's been very negative and here there's not even much talk about it. He just compares himself to a tree who has been uprooted by God. God's anger was kindled against me and he deemed me as his enemies. His armies came at me all together and they paved their roads to me the way an army paves its road when it's on the movement towards attack and encamped all around my tent. Now if you remember in chapter 15 Eov was accused of attacking God. So now Eov again is setting the record straight. It's not me that made the war against God it's God that made the war against me. And of course, based on our opening chapters of 1 and 2, we need, we know that Eov is correct, that it is God that sent these disasters um, just to test Eov, and not because he had really sinned. My brothers have distanced themselves from me, and my close friends have estranged themselves from me. My relatives have ceased, I think that means they've ceased being with me, and my acquaintances have forgotten me. It's not clear to me the difference between Yoda'ai from the previous verse, which I guess means people who know me, and Meyuda'ai from this verse, people known to me. I, you could tr- I translate them as close friends or close acquaintances, but the sense is uh, more or less the same. Um, also, it's important to note that 
um, that this claim that my my beloved ones, my uh, my friends, my companions, my family have abandoned me. That doesn't only show up here; it shows up in Tehillim as well. For instance, in Psalm thirty-one, verse twelve, it's not only Eov who has this happen to him. Uh, the only difference is that uh, Eov's goals are different than the goals that we. The reason why it's mentioned in Tehillim, in Tehillim, it's there to beg God that He should set things straight, and it's clear that man has. Uh, abandon uh, David or whoever is lamenting in a time of loss. But here, uh, Eob is saying, listen, this is none of my fault, and my friends inappropriately abandoned me, and don't tell me that that I'm to blame for these kind of things. Continuing on, The residents of my house, my maidservants, they treat me like an alien. I have become a stranger in their eyes. I called to my servants and they do not respond, even as I beg them with my own mouth. Ruchi zara my spirit has become alien to my wife, which means she doesn't even know me anymore, or, or she doesn't care about my feelings towards her, as has my favor to the children of my womb. That is, it's become alien as well. Now, since his children are, are dead, as far as we know, um, he must be speaking of the people that he considers his own children. So perhaps it's students, or people who have come to live with him, or young relatives. Um, also, I translate the word chanoti as a noun. Um, the, uh, the, the favor uh, is no longer recognized by my children, and parallel to the word ruchi, so zar, to be estranged, is the verb. However, chanan in Arabic also means to be loathsome, so it could be that this is the verb, and it means I was loathsome to the, to the, uh, the children of my womb. But either way, the results are similar, and the sense is complete abandonment by everybody around him. Gam avilima masuvi, akuma vaidabaruvi, even children, little children, Children abandon me in disgust. They're disgusted by me. Avil uh, can mean sinners from the word avel, but uh, olalim also means children, and it fits much better here in the context of all the different people that are abandoning him. And even even little children find him disgusting. Returning to the verse, akuma vaidabruvi, when I arise, that is, for whenever I walk around and people see me, they uh, they talk about me. That is, I am the object of conversation. This reminds me um, of a famous scene from The Princess bride, uh, when Prince Humperdinck finds Wesley in the palace, and Wesley has to bluff him into dropping his sword. So I'm going to play that little clip here, and you'll see why it, uh, why it ties into this verse about how even little children find Eov disgusting. To the pains, the first thing you lose will be your feet below the ankles, then your hands at the wrists, next your nerves, and then my tongue, I suppose. I killed you too quickly the last time. A mistake I don't mean to duplicate tonight. I wasn't finished. The next thing you lose will be your left eye, followed by your right. And then my ears, I understand. Let's get on with it. Wrong! Your ears you keep, and I'll tell you why. So that every shriek of every child at seeing your hideousness will be yours to cherish. Every babe that weeps at your approach, every woman who cries out, Dear God, what is that thing? will echo in your perfect ears. That is what to the pain means. It means I leave you in anguish, wallowing in freakish misery forever. Tiavuni kolmate sodi vizahavti nepichuli. 
All the people of my inner circle despise me. Those whom I loved turned against me. Beori uviv sari davka atzmi vaet maleta beor shinai. My skin and flesh sticks to my bones, and I escape with the skin of my teeth, or by the skin of my teeth. Now, that expression, the skin of my teeth, is the literal translation, va'et malata, uh, ba'or shinai, uh, but it doesn't really convey the meaning, since in modern English it sort of has a positive sense, that is, wow, I, I escaped, I managed to escape. But here he means that he's lost all of his teeth, and all he's left is with his gums, and it is not a positive sense at all. Actually, before I get to the next verse, I, I, I again want to stress that this is a very direct response to Bildad's last speech, because Bildad says what happens to wicked people is that they cause abandonment, they cause people to run away from them. And we have a long list of things where terrible things have happened to this person, they've abandoned by wife and by friends and by family and even little children run away screaming. And, and what he's saying is, it's not my fault. That is, God brought this on me, and that's what's causing everybody to abandon me. And they're doing the wrong thing, and God did the wrong thing to make this happen. But I am not to blame for any of this. And that is his assertion. Now he turns back to his friends, and he says, Chanuni, Chanuni, Atemrei, Kiyad Eloah, Naga'abi, Comfort me, comfort me, O you, my friends. Because the hand of God, that is, plagues, have touched me. Which means, do your job. Uh, he he knows that they won't do it, as he'll, as he'll say in the next verse. But he's going back to that issue. Forget about the arguments of who's right and wrong. I am telling you that God is is bringing plagues upon me, so I need you to give me some comfort. That is not, however, what he expects them to do. Why do you pursue me like God does? Don't you know that you won't be satisfied, filled up from my flesh? What I think he means here is that he's such a pitiful creature now, just skins and bones. You know, people sometimes take satisfaction in, like, knocking other people down, especially when they're people on high, people in powerful positions. So there's a certain pleasure one gets in knocking people down. So what he's saying is, what's in it for you? I've got nothing left. I am flesh and bones, and I've got nothing. There can't be any satisfaction in you knocking me down and you bringing me down any lower. So just do your job and have mercy. Uh, we will return to the full castigation of his friend shortly, because he really feels that they're sinning for not being merciful with him. But first, Eov begs that his story be written down for posterity, so that sometime, even in the far future, someone will recognize his plight and come to redeem him. I should note, by the way, ahead of time, that in these verses is one favorite verse of Christian interpretation, since the way they translate it is that it speaks of a savior that lives, lives forever and rises from the grave. This is a bad translation of this verse. It's bad for the actual words, and it's bad. It doesn't fit the context uh, whatsoever. Um, what Eov is trying to express here is that he wants to have his message, since it's not being heard by the people who are sitting around him, who are supposed to be hearing him, he wants it to be like a message in the bottle that he'll cast upon the sea and somewhere somebody will find him and understand him and help him if they can and at least recognize his justification if not. Um, we'll see. The second problem is, besides the fact that the verse is taken completely out of context, the word Goel in Tanakh is very important. That is, in 
our Hebrew Bible, the word goel is used the way it's used in Leviticus, in Vayikra, specifically chapter 25. And there it says, Ki amuch achicha umachar meachuzato uvago alo, the word goel there, hakarov elav, vigaal et mimkar achiv. If your brother becomes destitute and must sell his property, let his closest redeemer come to redeem Redeem his brother's sold fields. Goel means to redeem, i.e. in the financial sense, to pay off a debt or to supply the needed resources to extricate a relative from destitution or despair. Even if you want to speak in a more uh, spiritual, emotional sense, it still means somehow giving somebody the tools they need to make a full recovery. It does not mean what we think of as redeemer in the modern sense, someone who wipes away all of one's sins and, and saves a, a savior. There is a Hebrew word for savior or for that kind of redeemer. It's called the Moshiach. But the word goel, which is used here, does not carry that sense in the Hebrew Bible at all. So now let's go back to Eov's plea for long-term help uh, since uh, he has either been abandoned or betrayed by all of his friends and all of his short-term options are gone. So he turns to some long-term options. Me tain a foe if only, indeed, my words would be written down, if only they would be carved into a book, which is, of course, what exactly what happened. They were carved, so to speak, in a book, and they show up in our Tanakh. Now, the reason why it uses the word v'yuchaku, to carve, is because the most durable history wasn't written on papyrus or on, or on uh, skin. It was on uh, animal skin parchment, it was uh, chiseled onto clay tablets, which was common in the ancient Near East. And this is not only the pictographs that we're familiar from uh, of cuneiform, ancient Assyrian and Akkadian writing, but even words made from letters, Phoenician, Semitic, were carved on uh, stone as well. Ba'et barzel ve'ofaret la'ad batsur yechat sevun, with an iron stylus and lead chiseled forever, into stone. So it looks like um, the chiseling was done first and to the stone, and then the lead was poured into the spaces as a kind of color, a dark color, to make the chiseling stand up uh, against, uh, to stand out against the uh, rock. Va'ani adati go'ali chai. Here's that uh, famous Pusik, which is mistranslated, so I'll do my best to translate it correctly. Va'ani adati go'ali chai v'acharon al-afar yakum. Not mi-afar, from the dirt, but al-afar, on the dirt, yakum. Um, the word, again, I'm going to repeat, the word goli does not mean my savior, and the verb chai, lives, is not a, part, a participle, it's a past tense verb. And the word al-afar yakum doesn't mean rise from the dust, mi-afar, it means he will rise up on, he will, he will essentially, uh, live or be born, uh, on the earth. Continuing from the pr- previous verse of Eov's story that he needs to write his story in posterity so someone in the future may be able to help him, this verse translates as follows, Then I would know, Adati Chai, that my Redeemer, that is the one who is in charge with, the one who is charged by God and Sefer Vayikra to leverage a relative or a close friend out of trouble and destitution, he will eventually live, that is, he will be born. Even if he was the last one to stand on the earth, stand 
hand on the dirt. Which means even if I have to wait for the last person of the last generation to be on the face of this earth, by writing down my words, I can guarantee that eventually, eventually rehabilitation and vindication will come, even if it's not to vindicate me and and rehabilitate me personally, uh, but at least my good name will be uh, rehabilitated. It's a difficult verse, but in context, it seems to be he's talking about the chiseling of the stone, and now he's comparing that to what in what in reality is chiseled on, which is his skin. But after my skin has been cut into. Remember, he has this horrible disease that was inflicted on him. But what he means here to say is not the literal boils and marks that are all over his skin, but what he means is that his skin is the only thing that his story is not being written in stone. His friends aren't writing his words for posterity. The only evidence, the only witness to his devastation is the marks and the pox on his skin itself. It is only from my flesh, it is only from my flesh that I see God. I think what he means is that I see what God has done. Asher ani which I can only see for myself. That is, if they were chiseled on stone, then everybody would be able to read my story. But since I sit here alone, everybody has abandoned me, my friends ignore me or castigate me, the only person who could look at my story, which is written on my body, is me myself. Ve'inai ra'u v'lozar, which means only my eyes see it, and no stranger sees it, and therefore, kalu chil yotai my kidneys, they fail inside of me. Um... Now he returns to his friends, who should be spreading the word, who should be chiseling things in stone, who should be comforting him, and should be redeeming him, who should be his goel one way or the other, and they're doing none of these things. So you all say, how can we pursue him? I have the source of words with me. It's That's uh, a little difficult, but I think what he means is, you keep trying to get me to shut up, as Bildot said in the previous chapter, well, it ain't going to happen because I know what to say. The very root of the right things to say, davar in this case means dibur, the words to say, it's with me. And what will happen to you? Guru lachem ipnei cherev, kichema avonot cherev, leman teduun shadun. Be afraid from the sword, since wrath for sins is the sword, which means you will be paid back for for your lack of comfort, for your lack of sympathy, for your constant vilification. And you know what's going to get you? The sword is going to get you, because that's how God pays back people, by the sword. You should know, v'teduun, or you will come to know, shadun, that there is justice. The Cree, the way we're supposed to read it, is shadun, and the word shah is short for asher. That shows uh, uh, up in, uh, in once in Bereshit, the word shaf for asher, and I think twice in shir ashirim, and then it's followed by the word dun, which is justice. Um, however, the ktiv, the way it's written, it's written with a yud, not a vav, so it could be the word shedim, means laman teidun shedim, which means eventually you will know destruction. All those demons that you said would come against me, that destruction that you said would come against me, believe me, it will come against you because of your failure to support me, your failure to comfort me, and your failure to write down my words for posterity so that if you can't do the job, at least somebody else can.